And welcome to another episode of Brosephus and Friends. I'm your host, Brosephus, and this week we have someone, if you can tell by the uh, uh, title, uh, Mink, we are related. Uh, this is my uncle, Troy Mink. Troy, it's good to have you today. It's good to be here. Uh, I, we were, I was thinking, uh, and this past July, August, I think it was. It has been a year since we came out there and, and saw you, uh, which is crazy. It's already been a year. Yeah. Already. And uh, and and I have said this, but that was a, I have said this, and I think that's probably one of my favorite trips because it was so nice, uh, well, to see you, but to see, Seattle is a, is a really neat place. Uh, yeah, yeah. So there's a lot to do here uh, within driving distance and then also in the city itself. It's a lot to do. Um, and it's kind of weird once you live somewhere for a while, as you probably know, living in Lexington, you don't think of the place as special, you know, as much as uh, someone who's coming to visit. So sometimes uh, things slip my mind when people are visiting, like, oh, yeah, I guess that is kind of neat about the city or whatever. So, yeah. And I'll never forget going to that one place, a beautiful uh, it was, I think it was, it was either, it was taller than the, um, Space Needle. The so, Columbia Tower. Columbia, yes, that was really something, uh, to see, to see the sunset there. Um, how long have you lived in Seattle? Oh, uh, it's <laughs> just weird to think about. It's, uh, 30 years this year. Wow. Yeah, so I moved out in 1990. About January, mid to late January, I think so. Huh. What was that like? You know, because uh, I uh, have you. Uh, what was that like to leave? Because like you were in uh, college. Well, talk a little bit about that. Uh, you were in college and then you went out there, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, so so I kind of had already made the departure away from, you know, where my where I grew up. So I, I had four years of, of being away um, from from that setting. So uh, deciding to go to Washington there, were, I, I just had a fascination and I still don't even know why uh, with the West Coast. And I, I initially thought I was going to try to get out into California. And at that time I had a uh, religion major. So um, I was trying to find something that was into a, a, a church or theater stuff in a church and so this um place it's called it's it's SeaTac, which is uh where the sea the uh airport is it's between seattle and tacoma there that's why it gets its name and um that came open and and they had uh promised me they'd fly me out and interview me etc cetera, etc cetera. and once i was out here during the interview um my grandfather your great-grandfather uh passed away so i was out here uh, in the midst of being interviewed uh, by the church, and they, they had a private school attached to it. Uh, so I was going to be teaching theater and music to kids and uh, uh, like one through sixth grade. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I didn't get a chance to really see, experience everything they wanted me to see about the church. So I just kind of had to just go out on faith and go, okay, I like what I saw, I guess. And so... Um, <laughs> Uh, so it was a little scary that part of it, 
not knowing completely what what I was in for, uh, as far as as that church was concerned. So, it, it, that made it a little scary. But I've always been kind of uh, uh, alone. I don't know. That sounds like a <laughs> maybe melodramatic. I've always been kind of a loner. So, uh, but I like I like a lot doing by myself, doing stuff by myself a lot. So, uh, this was just another thing to kind of, you know, uh, go out and try to strike it out on my own and. Mm. see what was out there i think and it was it's interesting because you know uh when you usually when you go someplace you go out there and uh and you but you also had people out there uh and now did mark and his wife were they already out there or did they move later and like dave palmer because uh they came out because they were also they came in seattle Right. Uh, I was here first, and then uh, Mark was just uh, kind of, he, he's, he's my college roommate since 85. I mean, well, we were friends since 85, but we also roomed together for a few years. And uh, so uh, he, he was just kind of, uh, I don't know what, I, I, I'll call it bumming around, but he, he was just, he was trying to do various, uh, working at radio stations. He had a, a mass communications major, so he was just trying to do that and it wasn't really happy living in the Midwest. And, um, and I had a, I was getting ready to move into an apartment. I said, well, Hey, you know, if you move out here within the next couple of months, we could get a two bedroom and uh, you could live out here. So he kind of did the jump as well. Of course I was here, you know, I, um, I was already here. So I kind of, when I came out, there was no one here that I knew other than uh, mm-hmm. uh, David Palmer, who was the, you know, my youth minister growing up. And so he came out and, uh, and I worked at Taproot Theater at that, uh, later after I left that church at Taproot Theater as an, as an actor touring around through with schools doing anti-drug uh, shows, that sort of thing. And so that's how Mark met Karen. She was working for the theater and they got married through, and met through that. So that's a very quick way of getting to it, but that's kind of how it happened. So. Yeah. And, uh, and that, that's something, uh, but, uh, but you sort of got your start in theater here, um, at Brian Station, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I, I mean, it's, you know, it's interesting how, when you get older, you, (laughs) you remember things a certain way and sometimes we kind of create our own narrative. And I, and I was, that's the reason I always ask my other friends who are involved, you know, like, is, it, is this the way it happened? But uh, I, the way I remember it happening, the way I got involved in theater was uh, my friend Jeff Coatney, who uh, is a, an incredible visual artist. Uh, he's worked for Disney. He's done his, He works freelance right now out in Los Angeles doing various things. Um, he was, this is the way I remember it. He was going to an audition uh, for the uh, play version of Laugh-In, uh, which is in a 60s TV show some people may know. It's just been a long, long time since that show was on. Um, and so this was a scripted version, bringing all the favorite characters back and kind of the cheesy jokes, et cetera. And so he was going to that, and, I, and he said his mom was going to pick him up. So I thought, well, I, I don't want to ride the bus. I'll just go with him to sit at the audition. Uh, once we got there, you know, people that I knew were signed up, et cetera. And um, the teacher, Barbara Hall, had said, um, what about you? Do you want to read something? I was like, no, 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 I'm, I'm just here with him. And she said, well, why don't you get up and read, you know, this this part? She handed me this, it was a poem. And uh, 
I was actually kind of miffed that she was kept pushing me to do it. And Jeff and I had been making fun of, um, and if you don't know who this is, look it up. He's great. He's a great actor. Uh, John Hausman at that time, who was doing TV commercial. Uh, and he was very British and spoke very distinctly. And he's always like that. So uh, we were making fun of that constantly. So um, when she handed me this poem, I went up there and, and just thought it would tick her off that I was reading it like that. And uh, she essentially said, well, that's great. So uh, the rehearsals are going to be blah, blah, blah. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> like, I was just, um, I, di I didn't really want to think he was going to get a, get, a, get a role doing this. So, so um, she really was a, a wonderful uh, influence and, and really encouraged me to, uh, to, to go ahead and be in the show. And I, I, even up to the very opening night of the show i was really fighting it i i did not i was really scared and uh because I, I, I was pretty shy in, in high school and still am i mean but um so i i was like what if i you know what would get laughed off the stage and you know in a bad way um i mean it was a comedy and it, it was a great one of those kind of happy ending story but it wasn't ending happy beginning stories where i went to read the uh poem and and the poem was uh, uh they're very silly poems the, the one that i did for the audition was called the feather and i can do it for you guys really quick this is the yeah. uh, the feather is a wonderful thing without it the bird could not fly in addition it warms the old warblers and helps them when they are hiding the police like the feather too because it helps them control traffic take for example the streets which would be a mess if birds started walking. But most of all, it is cheerful and gay. If it were not for the feather, we would be without fluff. So um, that was the way that I... <laughs> now, uh, that part was originally was a, a, an actor named Henry Gibson, who I had never seen. And uh, he actually read it very timidly, and he did these poems. But mm -hmm. she liked the way I read it, so... I had finished that poem and uh, the first show that we did was at the school. So it was for all my student co, you know, co students to watch. And, and uh, it literally, people were laughing and applauding so much that it, 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 it really, it, it's hard to say. I mean, it's, you should have a positive feeling. I was really scared. I was like, Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> so I'd never done anything in my life that, had brought that kind of uh, reaction before. And so immediately, and, and especially being so shy, uh, it, it, was, it was a surprise. But of course, you know, you, you catch the bug, as, as I'm sure you've found out. You, you, uh, you know, you really enjoy doing that sort of thing. And it's fun, you know, escaping your reality and creating a, a reality. I mean, this character never interacted with anyone. He just came out and read poems. There was no history about him. And so, anyway, I did a long way around that, but that's that was the first thing that I ever did on stage. I did a couple a of little, little church things here and there, um, but nothing that was really like a, a play play. You know, um, I said it, but and I'll say it again, uh, thank goodness for teachers uh, because mm -hmm. they, and mentors, because they see stuff that we don't see, you right. know, they see they see a um, we you know we see something that may not be what we think, but they they say you know you have something there, <laughs> and that that's a that truly is something that 
that is uh, is a is really good teach uh, teacher. Yeah. Um, and then also, also you know, like you're saying, uh, you know, to you did probably didn't have, but it's also good to you know build a community uh, of people, maybe not on stage, but like have a group of people that you can talk to um, outside uh, of you know of a creative friend group, sort of, sort of speak. Yeah, yeah, it, it is, and 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 I'd gotten to know a lot of people through that. Uh, there were a lot of people from, excuse me, my school, who had no idea, you know, anything about me. I just, I just blended in, and and so I think that kind of, you know, brought it out in a way. And and uh, my theater teacher liked to. She still says. She's like you were you were a caterpillar and turning into a butterfly, and she's like I really wanted to help you become that. And she said I could see that you had something. And and you're right, it's amazing that uh, that teachers could do that. And the nice thing is that as I've gotten older and started teaching improv, uh, comedy improv in high schools, uh, you you it's great to be able to give that to someone too. I mean, who you honestly mean, I would never give anybody false <laughs> compliments just for, for the heck of compliments. But, um, but for most people, I, I just the idea of getting up and trying is, is quite an, a, a, an accomplishment. So, I mean, oh. I always tell people that that's something to really be proud of um, because that is overcoming a huge step, I think. And so, but it's nice to be able to say that. And I've had students over the years now, just like what you were saying, you know, come back and, and say thank you, thank you, and it's it's uh, and at the time you don't think of it as anything special, but you you know encouragement is free to give, and you know, and it, I guess it's I think it's a shame we don't give each other more encouragement because it, it costs nothing, it costs no energy, um, just to build somebody up and say hey you know what you're a good guy, you're a good girl, you're a great person, you know so on and so forth. So. Yeah, yeah, um, so. Um... Talk a little bit about the um, the character, uh, the uh, your character that you uh, did, uh, uh, Carlotta. Was that something that you did in that you uh, in in uh, college in Anderson? Talk a little bit about finding that character. Yeah, um, and for people that are maybe listening that haven't don't know who you're talking about, there's a uh, um, <laughs> I'm putting out a a, a a blurb for myself. But anyway, if you go to YouTube, you can look up my name, Troy Mink, and you can see what character he's talking about with Carlotta Philpott. Oh, yes. Um, so you can see the character there. Um, she also has her own Facebook page. So go on and, and friend her. That would be another way of finding out. Anyway, um, that character, uh, it, it's an interesting long history. Uh, I was working as a, as a custodian, a janitor, whatever you want to call it. Um, and at that time, for anybody from Anderson University it, that may know, I was working in Decker Hall, and I was uh, my boss had told me to go under the stairwell and just kind of clean out, sweep out all the dust from behind there. And as I was doing that, um, this wig came out with the dust, and uh, it was just looked <laughs> it looked really worn. And uh, I looked at it, and I was like, that looks like that would fit my head. And uh, and so I dusted it off and just, you know, for the fun of it, went back to the uh, dorm room and looked in the mirror and put it on. And I just started uh, the voice came out from. So I, I don't know. I mean, it's one of those things where uh, I just started making faces and, and it uh, 
and and I kind of uh, just yeah I just started talking as that character and then immediately and once again when I teach a character uh, classes to people I talk about you know I do I do very little as far as effort into building histories for characters I let them uh, just let it come come out as it does so I, I don't know where any of the stuff came from it wasn't based on a specific person I think some of it was you know uh, things that my own mother said my mom said uh, a lot of it was from my grandfather who like I said passed away and then actually some of it was from Jeff who I mentioned earlier his mother uh, uh, just being so welcoming and open and uh, happy to have people in her house so I added those kind of parts of those three people but it's yet it's not it's none of them yes it, yet it's some of all of them yeah. <laughs> if that makes any sense yeah. the character became her own thing and and uh one uh homecoming and that at that time i'd seen tootsie the movie if you haven't seen that it's pretty fun and Dust, dustin hoffman dresses as a woman and there was a woman a student there who said oh my sister's in town she should make you up she's a beautician so <laughs> So uh, I didn't know anything about makeup other than just doing stage makeup uh, for plays, et cetera. And so um, so she, she did this whole thing. And I actually have a picture somewhere. Um, and I went to the theater and just to people that I knew, and, and they honestly didn't recognize me, um, except for one guy who's, who looked at me very concerned. And he's like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> he's, very concerned like why are you <laughs> so so i told her i was like you know uh because the woman that brought me around said it was her aunt visiting and so that was the first time i'd ever fully dressed as the character um so yeah and it's just kind of built over the years i i did it as kind of an uh, an exaggerated version as halloween one time uh, which is a great way to to, to try on a character because everybody's dressed up so you can <laughs> you know, try any character you want and See it works, but um, anyway, that's I, I don't know if that answers the question, but that's kind of how that character came about. Yeah. And that wig, I mean, it has to be uh, I mean, gosh, even then, that was like 84, 85, so it's at least almost 40 years old, and then probably before then, it, at least 10 years older than that. But um, yeah, so I, that's I, the same wig, yes, it is, yeah. Whoa. Yeah, I mean, it's. I've tried to take it to this professional. One of the guys that does wigs for the professional theater company here in town, one of uh, for the rep, Seattle Repertory Theater, and he's like a wig guy. And I had him look at it, and he's like, <laughs> he's like, well, you know, there's just no helping it. I think, you know, <laughs> he's like, you may just have to start all new. But it's kind of weird. I've tried different wigs on, um, but there's something about that one that just. Uh, it's just not Carlotta unless I have that wig on, but it, it's, it's very frail and most of the elastic is worn by now out of it. But yeah, I still, I still wear it <laughs> when I do her. You, you're talking about um, who, you know, different ones who it could be. I, I see it as, you know, it, so, I mean, it's just someone Southern, you know, like uh, some of the sayings that, that they, you know, that, you, that she does or that, it's just something it's it's basically like a like I see it as a tribute to you know a southern woman and uh, you said one time that you know that was like that was um that that was your way of like not really 
I think you said paying tribute or like mm-hmm. uh, to to your childhood, or am I saying that right, or something to the effect of that? Yeah, uh, especially here. It's interesting here in Seattle, uh, like in college, the poet character I mentioned uh, was the most popular character there by far. Uh, and when I moved out here, I did that character, you know, the poet as well as other characters. But for some reason, the Carlotta character uh, kind of stuck and people really kept asking for that character. And so, yeah, I mean, it is it's a kind of a uh, it's honoring uh, people that I grew up with, uh, specifically women that I remember uh, growing up with, and, and I was very, very quiet and shy when I was younger. So I did a lot of observing. Um, and I think even my own mother would say that, that I was about three or four and would imp- would uh, impersonate sounds. And I wasn't doing it to make fun. I think that's a thing. Sometimes people think you're making fun of someone, uh, which to me, the difference is that that's usually in a very mean kind of uh uh, there's a uh, there's a meanness behind making fun of someone, yeah. and then there's honoring someone, which is trying to play it as close what I call close to the bone as possible. Um, so I kept bringing that character in and in and in, and and eventually uh, um, got hired as her at the Space Needle, uh, which is a, 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 <laughs> a whole other story. But uh, yeah, a friend of mine literally bet me seventy five dollars that I wouldn't. Uh, go and and go for a job interview there and <laughs> as that character and so i had a fake resume in the whole nine yards uh and i don't i mean they they kept asking me things and i i kept being more and more ridiculous you know just saying well my husband's at home drunk on the couch he worked for bowen's is during the day i've worked at the uh, bowen snack shop and i worked for kmart cafeteria for many years and so i mean i was going on and on and uh, and at one point they asked me to just leave and read this other speech thing and i found out later they wanted me to leave so they could laugh and they felt bad about laughing <laughs> <laughs> so i went back and i did that and then uh and then they started talking about well we'd like to hire you you know um <laughs> and i was like oh okay and they said so talking about doing benefits and insurance and they said we just you know just need to see your driver's license and i was like uh it's in my car and uh, so, so I was getting ready to leave, and I thought, you know, I, I'm just gonna. I was, I was telling. I, I was afraid that I was gonna get in big trouble somehow. So I turned around. I was like, I'm an actor, and they're like, no, 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 it's okay. We were hoping for performers, you know. And I said, no, I'm an actor, and they still didn't. I just took the glasses off, and I was like, I'm a, I'm a guy. <laughs> so, so luckily there were five of them there was one woman and four men and the woman was like i knew i knew i knew uh but anyway they still tell that story by the way at uh, at the space needle that's that story's still floating around about how they um but yeah so i mean that's so so that character is I, i've done it in, in situations uh and there's there's a whole other thing but i've had to do it in situations where i'm out in public just because i'm doing the character doing filming or taping um and so i just bring the character in and and to make it more and more realistic so yeah way more than you ever wanted to know (laughs) (laughs) you know last night uh well uh and when we're taping this it's in december and i went to a a show a comedy show um with uh, comedy off Broadway. For those who are listening, it's I think it's a chain. Uh, I think they might be all over, but they have one here in Lexington, and um, and 
it was a it's a, a place where people come and you know um it's one thing to do comedy but it's another thing to have uh timing it to have it all down uh is an, is another thing entirely and uh was that something that came easy to you or did you have to work on that um well i i I always, I mean, I find I, to me what's funny is just regular people, mm. and and uh, and uh, instead of being you know clever, quote unquote, with the character, um, for example, the uh, um, oh, what's that called? Um, uh, Tyler Perry's character, a character I can't uh, can't remember her name. Medea. Anyway. Yeah, Medea. Yeah. So I mean, you know, that's that's kind of like it. Um, it's a very different sort. It's kind of. Uh, like there's caricatures, you know, you know, the different, and then there's characters. So caricatures are like big noses, big face, big, you know, and then, and then there are characters, which I kept bringing the caricature that I was doing into a character. And so, so for, for Carlotta, it's not about even timing necessarily. I mean, I guess it is, um, excuse me, but it's about, uh, you know, being as real as possible and finding those things that, that are funny about people or a certain type of person, uh, and and making that the fun part about it, you know, because people love to watch other people, but they don't want anybody to know that they're watching. You know? <laughs> so, uh, so Carla is one of those where I think if somebody saw somebody like that in public, you you may kind of laugh to yourself. And doing the character actually gives a person, you know, permission to laugh. It's you know, and and I I do exaggerate obviously certain things about it, but um, yeah, I don't know if I answered your question. Yeah. Uh, so talk a little bit about so that is something that you do uh but talk a little bit about what you do uh you know uh, uh daily or not really daily but what you do as your job uh well, I work with, or if you can oh sure yeah uh well i work with chronically mentally ill adults so that's usually it's like folks that are have bipolar illness schizophrenia uh um, occasionally what some people know is uh, multiple personality disorder, which is now called dissociative disorder. Um, and I started doing that job in 92 and worked for about seven or eight years, and then quit and did another thing and then came back again. So this last round has been 11 years. But uh, currently I work as what's called a residential situation where people actually live and there are 62 people that uh, are in the one building. They have food there. They serve them, etc. And I'm what's called a residential counselor. So, uh, and I work the night shift. So I work late night. Um, so uh, yeah. And I, I just for what I do, I don't even. I'm not even a case manager. Case managers do all the paperwork and and that sort of thing. But I I literally am there at night for if someone's having trouble, if they just want to sit down and talk about something, or if I can try to usually help them get back to sleep. You know. Uh, not not like, not like sing a lullaby, but I mean, you know, get them back to their bed uh, to try to sleep. So, um, and and I enjoy that. I mean, once again, I, I like having a job that's that's never the same. I, every day it's a different thing. Uh, I, I couldn't work at just a factory job, you know, where it's just, you know, put the thing in the hole, put the thing in the hole, and do the same thing every single day. Uh, yeah. I, not a part of my personality. So I, I love the fact that you know, I really never really know what I could be in for for the night. I mean, there's you know, some fear and some excitement about that. But that's why I like improv theater as well. And it's just kind of that 
creating and, and dealing with some a situation on the spot. So, yes, that that is something that that uh, that is uh, has always fascinated me is the improv side of it because <laughs> uh, at any moment, I mean, it's like you've got to be like fast mm-hmm. of, of thinking about what what's going on, what what the person what everybody else is doing but you also got to be thinking about what you're going to say next uh have you uh how long uh, when how'd you get started getting improv was that something that you did in seattle or was that something that uh was that seattle yeah i mean i i kind of did improv whenever i would do character work uh you know at, at what well, it was called cheap thrills back in college you know there's a, a live variety show so i would kind of do it there but uh, i came out here and then uh after I got a, a kidney transplant, which is another whole story, the meds kind of affect my focus and memory sometimes. So uh, doing a regular play, I sometimes, oftentimes may have uh, just kind of, a, you know, a, a lapse in memory really quick. So I was trying, I heard about the improv. And so I took a weekend uh, course. It's what's called the um, experimental college here in other words so it was like you could go and take it wasn't like actual college courses but you could take things in cooking you could take things in uh you know doing various things so there was a an improv course it was like a two-day course and it was with a woman named roberta mcguire by the way look her up she's an incredible uh person she worked with del close and some of these original uh pioneers of, of improv and uh i took that class and and the whole, and I love improv just because there, it's not as, you know, it, there's a whole philosophy behind how people perform. And the big thing is what's called yes and. So let's say that if you and I are doing a scene and I say, son, come in, here's the keys. Uh, if you were to say no, for example, I'm not your son, I'm your daughter. Well, that's saying no to the author. What you want to do in improv is say, yes, I'm your son. So you say, okay, yes, and you add something to it. That's the end. Mm-hmm. So you accept the person's offer and then add something to it. And the whole idea behind improv is that it, you, you try to make the other person look good. It's not like stand-up comedy where it's just you. It's the you show. Uh, improv is all about making your scene partner look good and, and that takes all the worry off of you because they're helping you look good there so you're just trying to make each other so it, it's a very uh, different philosophy even that that bleeds into life i mean the way that i deal with with people i always listen and uh, or when a situation hits you you learn you know the word improvise and say okay well this is what i got here now so i can't change it so i accept it and i'm gonna add something to it i'm gonna try to do this Mm-hmm. Um, so I, that's what kind of got me into it. And I, and so the teacher said, why don't you, uh, you're really good at this. Why don't you go to Unexpected Productions? And, and that was a theater that's only improv downtown. And I went to their audition there and um, they brought me on uh, pretty soon right to the main company. Um, a lot of people may know Joel McHale. Um, he's done community and he's done a lot of different stuff. Anyway, he was in my same class that when we were coming through. So um, we all, we kind of, there was a, just a small group of us that came through that same year. Um, but uh, yeah. And so that works because we get a, a suggestion from the audience and then we build a scene based on that suggestion. So um, talk a little bit about, cause you told me, and I, this was a wonderful story. Talk a little bit about meeting Gene Stapleton. 
oh, I didn't know. I didn't even know. I told you. That. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so if this is an older show um, called All in the Family, and uh, it was Archie Bunker, and uh, you know, back in the, I think it came out in the early seventies and lasted all the way up through the mid eighties. But um, anyway, Gene Stapleton was the the kind of um, oh, watchy the 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 wife and uh, very you know she was a very incredible character actress. And uh, she did a lot of stuff way before that, too. That's amazing work. Uh, but I went to go see the musical. It was called The Mystery of Edwin Drood. And it was, uh, that's the last thing that, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, he, uh, Dickens wrote. And he died before it ended. So what happens in the play is that the audience decides how it ends. So they, <laughs> they say, how many people say this? So anyway, I was seeing that uh at a traveling show, at a uh, touring show in Indianapolis uh, when I was in college. And um, after the show, I really wanted to go and meet her. And I was with, uh, actually, Mark was with me and a couple other uh, actor friends. And I said, you know, I just, I was really scared because I didn't know, you know, you never know how celebrities are going to be. And so I, 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 uh, <laughs> I see her backstage. She changed, obviously, out of costume, and she was just wearing pair of sweats and, you know, she just looked like any sort of older woman. And, and I said, um, uh, excuse me, Ms. Stapleton, I, 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 I'm sorry to be rude or, or bother you, but w would you mind signing my program? And she said, and she talks exactly like Edith Bunker, only like four octaves lower. She's like, oh, that's not rude at all. Let me see. And so then she started uh talking with us she was asking us you know what are you guys doing in theater and so on and so forth so i mean it meant a lot to me i think just that she didn't write us off or go get out of here or mm. um and i i will never uh, never forget that i still have that program somewhere that she signed and uh just just the idea that she took that time uh to talk with us and i think she found it quite you know uh, uh what's the word uh, flattering just because we were much younger and, and the fact that we would know who she was, et cetera, et cetera. But um, yeah, that was a lot for a woman her age to do with that entire musical is, is very active. So um, yeah. What a great story. I love that. Yeah. Um, talk a little bit. What's one thing that you've uh, learned during this quarantine or maybe more than one? Um, you know, I've been, it's, it's interesting. I started out by, just keeping a, I don't know, I wouldn't call it a journal diary because I don't do it every day. But on Facebook, I started just started reflecting uh, just for myself. I didn't care if anybody read it or not. Uh, I called this viral life. And uh, I just started even before the first masks were being worn. Um, and as soon as I started hearing about it, um, I started reflecting kind of my own thoughts about it and, and my own fears about it because having it obviously having kidney transplant my immune system is is suppressed so I, if I get something like that it, it could be very very serious um, so um, I kind of just reflected on it in that way quite a bit and and, and uh, I think the main thing that I learned is that I've actually been in contact uh, with more people since I've been in quarantine <laughs> than I was before. Uh, as far as like, it's, I've, I've had a lot of quote unquote reunions with people. For example, an acting group from the, the, my college, we all did a Zoom 
meeting, um, people that I did shows out here with, we did a Zoom meeting. Um, and it, and I, I guess I discovered that it that it is very important to stay in touch, you know, however, to, to kind of, especially during stressful times, uh, that you're not alone, that, you, you know, you're, it, it, and no matter what the situation is, you know, you, there's always somebody you can reach out to. And if you can remember, somebody is probably going through something similar, if not the exact same thing you are. And, and in this situation, this is something where we all are having to go through it in various ways and adjust our lifestyle. Like I said, I'm, I'm a loner anyway, so I, it wasn't like I missed going out and visiting tons of friends. But uh, for me, it even meant being more social uh, because if I could do it on online, etc. And um, yeah, and I think it, it also just trying to find uh, the giddy up and go to get, you know to get going when because I had to stay home for so long uh, I couldn't go into work when we first started, and so trying to get yourself up and going and and uh, and trying to take care of yourself sometimes is can be a, a tough thing I think. Um, if you have any sort of, you know, depression, which I have, that's part of the side effects of having a transplant is you get, uh, you get chemical depression or, you know, so it's not like just you're sad about something, but your body experiences like this depressive mode, your, your brain cells, you know, that's why I take medications for that. But so I think trying to get myself up and going and, and learn what it meant to take care of myself. What does that mean? You know, so, so, so sometimes it meant just, all right, I'm going to make the bed. I'm going to make the bed. I'm going to go out and do a walk. And so I just do little goals like that to get myself going. So I think that's, I don't know if that answers the question, but, and. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yes. Thank you so much for your time and doing this today. Yes. Uh, and I, I really enjoyed this and uh, thank you again. And hopefully we can see you. Uh, hopefully you can come in sometime uh after this lets up hopefully yeah and if people want to see you can see my uh channel on youtube you can see what i do youtube uh just look for my name uh troy mink and it's i have the troy mink channel and i have ghost stories on there and little little everything so and and just recently have a you have a christmas special yeah uh that you did with uh uh, uh granny ruby and uh and Louise that uh, that just did a Christmas special. Yeah, and you can so, see that on there too, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much, and uh, we'll talk soon. Okay, best of luck. We'll see ya. Okay, we'll see ya.